Wolf and Luke. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final hour of the show, live from the Auction Community Studio. Full disclosure, we have uh, sent Todd Walsh into Burns and Gambo's show prep meeting. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. We just have Todd Walsh walking around. That um, show prep meeting is probably not going to be very productive right no. now. No. The story he told about last night at the Coyotes game where I'm running downstairs to get the off-ice interview in the first intermission. Yeah. And, okay, I got the interview, but I got to get back upstairs for the intermission report. Right. Todd, where do I go? And he's like, I don't even know how I got here. That's 100% true. That happened last night. And that, at that exact moment, I knew I was screwed. That's so Todd. Yeah. That is such a Todd answer right there. It really was. It was like this philosophical, existential answer to my yes. very simple question. From the island of abstract. Um, Next. All right, back to football. And we did watch the highlight that Todd was talking about during the break. Who, do you remember who that was on the Eagles that you Yeah, I do not remember on? that right there. I didn't. He tried to cut me, though, which is a little cheap right there. As the end man on the line of scrimmage, you're not going to do that unless you're afraid, ladies and gentlemen. That's what he was. Tried to cut my legs out for me. How often? Right. How often? You know you why you never want to do that? Play. If you don't, you're the end man on the line of scrimmage. Everything, you're, you are contained. You've got contained. Anything that comes your way, you have to push back inside to pursuit. That's what you got to do. The dude cut me. Took, tried to cut me. Tried yeah. to block no, me, it. basically. Which takes himself right out of the play. It looked like he thought, Wolf, Wolf's in motion. They're clearly throwing the wolf. I'm going to take him out of the play. No, That's what it looked all like. of a sudden, you're done. Because you took yourself out of the play. You're on the ground. Our running back could go right around the end if he wanted to. It was that awful. <laughs> Uh, the only reason why you do that, Basin O'Neill, is because you're afraid. To the um, the game this weekend. <laughs> Talking <laughs> about some guy back in 1985. Taste it, dude. Cliff Kingsbury today on what went wrong with his offense in Seattle a couple weeks ago. I mean, if you score three points um, as an offense, then you know, you're outcoached, you're outplayed, all of the above. There, there's nothing else to say about it. Um, they got after us. Uh, he also talked about, this is from just like an hour ago, playing Seattle a second time in, in such close proximity. When you play a team the second time, there's always things you didn't get to that you would like to. And the way they're playing and, and uh, the last three weeks, really, uh, on the three-game win streak, they're playing at a really high level. Um, so we know, I think, what probably they're going to do. They know what we're going to do, and it's just about execution. I thought the last time we played them, they, they executed at a really high level in all three phases. And... Um, we got to kind of match that if we want a chance to win this one. I just can't get past yeah. this nagging, disgusting feeling that the Cardinals, that Seattle used the Cardinals as their launching pad until you pointed out what their defense has done since then against Justin Herbert and Daniel Jones. But still, against Justin Herbert, I mean, the Seahawks have won three in a row. Their defense is a lot better. When they came into that game three weeks ago, they were two and three. Yep. The only reason the Seahawks were even a story at that point is because they weren't 0 and 5. And now all of a sudden they're 5 and 3 and they're in first place. And it feels like the Cardinals were their launching pad. Now, if you're the Cardinals, ideally, you would use Seattle as a launching pad back into your season. Yeah, we were talking about this just the other, other day. Uh, it's so 
true. You know, the three-game window here for the Arizona Cardinals, three games, and it should probably dictate what is going to happen uh, the rest of the way. Now, <laughs> barring some kind of gross exception that may actually happen one way or the other, um, if you win two of the next three, it, it feels like you're totally still in this thing going forward. Now, that means you're going to beat Seattle, or you're going to beat the Rams, or you're going to beat the 49ers, and all three of those propositions are tough. It's difficult. It is, because you're going to be playing the Rams in L.A., of course. Would you say they still have talent? Yes, they do. Seattle's playing better. Their defense is vastly improved, not to mention the 49ers in Mexico City on Monday night. I think you got to win the one on Sunday to have any shot at winning two of three. I think you can win two of three. I know at times, you know, looking at this team, just watching them play, it doesn't feel like it, but I think you can do it. I don't know that you're beating San Francisco. I think you got to go through Seattle I was and the just going to say, man, I mean, it, it, it just feels like if you lose this game to Seattle, you got to beat the Rams. You got to beat the Rams and Niners have back owned to back. you for the most part, and then the 49ers. And where's your head at if you're 3-6 and six at I that know, point? exactly. And, and all the anger it's and the frustration. It's a big game, man. This swirling. is a big game right here against the Seahawks. There's no other way to cut it. It's huge. It's at State Farm Stadium. You know the 12s are going to be jammed up in there. They're going to come out. They're going to support their team. Um, this is, Wow. I don't want to say it. I really don't. I'm, I'm not. I'm going to calm down and, and not say it is a must win. But it feels like this is huge for this team going forward. And the Seattle Seahawks defense is playing so much better as well. You mentioned it right there. Think of the passer rating right now: high nineties when the Arizona Cardinals played them. The opposing high passer 90s, rating. The opposer yeah. passer rating. Yes. Defensive quarterback rating is what it is. It's a great metric to look at if you want to evaluate how a team is playing um, against against a quarterback or a passing attack in the National Football League. Look at defensive quarterback rating per team, of course, and then, of course, look at it for the season, what they are on the season. It will give you a great indication of how a team actually plays against other teams in terms of stopping the pass. And the Seattle Seahawks have improved dramatically from the high 90s to a 76.0, which is not a great passer rating by any stretch. And then, of course, they've given up 15 points a game over the last three weeks. They were giving up 30 points, over 30 points a game when the Cardinals faced them. You don't have to say it's a must-win, but if you don't win the game... You're not making the playoffs. You're, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say that because otherwise I'd say it is a must win then. I'd say that it is. If, in fact, you're right. You can say that. That's great. I'm, I'm going to say For it. me, it makes your road extremely unlikely. Realistically, if you so if you lose. Realistically. You're three and six if you lose. You're 0 and three in the division. You would absolutely have to win the next two games correct. against the Rams and the 49ers to get back in it. So if you're three and six. To get to ten and seven, you'd have to go seven and one down the stretch. Now maybe nine and eight gets you in, okay, you'd have to go six and two down the stretch. 
you got to. I, I gotta, think s- nine wins will do it. Yeah, I, I think it probably I will too. Nine. But I mean, you're going to need a tiebreaker though. And not, yeah, exactly. And you're not going to have it if you're zero and three in the division. I and look, if they lose to Seattle and I come in here on Monday and I'm like they're not making the playoffs, I will gladly be proven wrong. And yeah, people can be like, ah, you were you doubted them when they were three and six and couldn't <laughs> score. Like, yeah, I did actually. I was watching them. Look, you hater. Uh, the Smashing Pumpkins and Jane's Addiction are coming to the Footprint Center for the Spirits on Fire Tour on November 18th. Head to the contest page now on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. Coming up, how does Kyler Murray feel heading into that rematch with the Seahawks? We're going to hear from him next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Oh, I'm glad this got brought up. I'm looking at the Kyler Murray audio. I almost forgot. The uh, Hard Knocks trailer. I feel like they've done a couple Hard Knocks trailers, but like the official one they sent out yesterday. I watched it, obviously. Okay. Hard Knocks starts a week from today. So the car okay, starts wow. airing. Yeah. Okay. All right. They're obviously filming. Um, you're in it. What? <laughs> you're, you're in the Hard Knocks trailer. After oh, all no. this, okay. I mean, it's just your voice briefly. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but you're in it. Okay. Yeah, so you've achieved the highest. All right. Here we go. Hey, listen, I know for the fans. It's awesome. I know, I know it's awesome for the fans, and I know it's it's good for the organization, man. That kind of exposure, I think, is going to be good. But um, let's hope it's a positive. So, well, <laughs> maybe we'll have a, a whole another discussion on this tomorrow um, or next week because you want to talk about raising the stakes. Oh yeah. I mean, now when things aren't going real well, you're going to be scrutinized nationally too. And I have which, to think which it was by design. Again, which, once again, when you think about it, uh, for me personally, you violate the code of the locker room when you have microphones and cameras inside there. That's the reason why I don't like it personally. Me, I don't like it. That's the reason why. I want to wa- go to work, and I want to be a team. And I want to be a team inside that locker room. And when there's camera and microphones that are live, man, you're thinking about everything you're saying. And should you be thinking about everything you're saying when you're in a locker room with your boys? Uh, You know, to me, that's me. It's a player's perspective. And I'll never come off that. I want to see how they do it. I've had a few people tell me, like I, Cardinals fans say, like I really want to see this now because I hope it's going to give us some answers to some of our questions just as fans. Like, what is wrong with this team? Why don't they come out with a sense of urgency to start games? I think games? fans are going to just love this. Um, but but I, it does feel like, you know, watch the Colts last year. Okay, yeah, cool. It's the Colts. Like, this is fun. It was entertaining. I, I found it very entertaining, and, and it did detail their collapse against you Jacksonville. Like, you love Detroit, too. Yeah, and I mean, I don't love Detroit, but well, I love do, Detroit. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. No, yeah, dude, it was. Yeah. It was. That's and the in season is so much better. So it'll it'll be interesting. But this is Kyler Murray today saying, "Yeah, you just kind of ignore those cameras." I mean, they've been around, so I don't I don't think uh, anybody. You kind of ignore them, you know, unless you're trying to say something crazy. This is interesting, and, and obviously the this this show is going to go until the end of their season. Uh, but they usually do follow guys away from the facility, away from the field to have kind of like an off the field, hey, we're going to do a five-minute story on DJ Humphreys or whatever. What's DJ's home life like or what does he like to do? Uh, Kyler said they have not followed, the cameras haven't followed him anywhere yet. They haven't got to follow me around yet. Around, you know, outside the building. They've been, I've had the mic on today, actually, so. I, I mean, you know what I, I like, hope though? they're going to give us some insight into Kyler. Well, He's the mystery on this team. You know, he said they haven't got to follow me around yet. 
Yeah. Right? Isn't that what he said? Like he's running away from them well, like they're like, the Raiders no, defense? I'm just, no, I'm saying at some point in time, they haven't had the opportunity yet. Yeah. Right? I mean, uh, that's, you're, you're right. But I'm just saying they, I feel like those of us that work around the team a lot, those of us that work in sports media in this town, know a good chunk of the behind the scenes with the Cardinals. Yeah. I don't know that there's going to be a ton they're going to show on the show that's going to surprise me. But I don't know a whole lot about Kyler Murray. That's that's honestly who I hope this show sheds the most light yeah. on. Yeah, you know what? I honestly am going to watch it as well. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. I, I will. I, you know, I haven't watched it because I lived it basically. But there's and, no cuts in this. I mean, you I, mean? you've always said that. That's oh yeah, the part right. You don't no, like. that's there's the part that. that bothered me. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Now it's just the sanctity of the locker room. <laughs> Made that sound even more important. Okay, here's Kyler Murray not talking about hard knocks, talking about the huddling. Kind of, you know, it's uh, get to see the line's face a little bit more, uh, talk to everybody, communicate. Um, I think, you know, we started against the Saints. I think everybody enjoyed it. Um, just get on the same page, you know, uh, break the huddle, confidence, understanding what we're trying to do. Um, you know, last game it was a little rowdy in there, so it's kind of tough to hear. But other than that, um, you know, it's been fine. Man, I'll tell you what, I love it. I, I honestly want to see it more and more and more, only from the standpoint of what goes on inside a huddle. I was talking about this the other day, but Luke, it's so important. It is. Accountability, when you're standing there to, to listen to Kyler say, looking at the offensive linemen's faces, um, this is huge. The accountability that goes on inside the huddle. You do your job, and I'll do mine. Does everyone understand that? Just looking around the huddle and and having to depend on the guy who's literally standing next to you. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. And also, too, all the tips, the game tips that happen. Hey, remember, guys, remember this the last time we were down here, last time we got inside the 20. What did they do? They brought it. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's stuff like that that makes me a fan of the huddle. And why the huddle's so important, not only because you you remind each other of what's going on, but you hold each other accountable in that huddle. It's a huge part of the game, in my opinion. There's a lot of clips here on Kyler Murray from Kyler Murray in, within the last hour or so that I want to hear answers to, and they're all like five seconds long, Wolf. <laughs> so I, I don't know. To me, the biggest story coming out of the Minnesota game, and I know people were like, oh, well, they, they lost because Cliff's a bad coach and this and that. And it, fine, that might all be true. To me, the biggest story was why can't you get the plays in from the sidelines? And so they asked Kyler about the play calling process. I mean, obviously, I got the helmet on. He calls the play. I relay the message, and we go. And they asked him about the play clock issues. Yeah, I can't really. I, yeah, I, I can't, can't really answer that one for you. So what does that mean? Yeah, if I, he can't answer I, it, who can answer you it? Know, once again, uh, it's, it's obviously some type of logistical situation that exists be, between Kyler and Cliff. And I, I think there's a lot. Um, I, I think they're being opaque on this because I don't think they want people to know the inner workings of what they do. I don't think they want defenses to know. Like, how often does Kyler Murray check out of a play? How does he do it? That's fair. No, I'm saying I don't know what it is. I know this right here. There's nobody who's ever going to be able to convince me. Cliff is over there with a call sheet in front of him, and he doesn't know what to call. 
he gets it in late. All right, or he's he, trying to call three things or something. I, what are thing, you doing? That's that's what it's, it. That's that's what people are freaked it, out it about. Can't they think, be okay, that. wait, he keeps it cannot the play. be that. There's no way in the world it is that. And if it is, Cliff Kingsbury should step up and say that. He should say it's all on me. I'm getting the play in late. If that's the truth, the fact that he isn't, and I know Cliff because he's a humble guy. He usually he will would, take the blame for he stuff. He would take yeah. the blame for yeah. it right there. The fact that he isn't tells me it's logistics between he and Kyler and getting it relayed to everybody else. That's what it is. That makes me feel any better that it's going to get fixed. Here's uh, Kyler on the wristband he was wearing on Sunday. Yeah, I haven't done that since probably, uh, I think I did at A&M. I think I did at A&M, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it's a big-ass wristband. I was, it took up half my arm, so uh, um, it was definitely, you know, once you get in the game, it wasn't any, you know, any different, but... I didn't feel, you know, I kind of, I didn't feel too great about it the week thing leading up to the week. And they asked him why he wore it. Just because it was loud and just, you know, yeah, with the huddle, being able to communicate and stuff like that. Yeah. To me, you this know. is the biggest issue in front of this team. Everything else is is important, and I'm not saying it's the only issue, but everything else kind of doesn't matter if they can't get the plays in. You know, you and I were talking yesterday, okay, well, can, could they could they rattle off three straight wins? And you were like, how about they just rattle off one win? And I was like, how about they just score in the first quarter, get in the end zone? But really, Wolf, it's how about we just get the plays in? You, it doesn't matter how much talent you have. You could, you could assemble a team yeah. of the best players in the NFL, take the best player from every position. If they can't get the play in and, and do it in a way where they're comfortable, it's not going to matter. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying right there. You know, these, uh, burning these timeouts, it's just, it is maddening. There's no doubt about it. And penalties. That. And the penalties. And for me, coming out of the timeouts, uh, so many times we've seen a, a broken play coming out of what That, to me, as a former player, is what gets me all jacked up. But I will tell you, my the thing that makes me um, demoralized the most is when the Arizona Cardinals cannot run the ball. When they cannot control the line of scrimmage. I was at an all-time high September and October of last year. Oh, you when quoted they, that stat to me they, every week. When they were running the ball the way that they were, man, that was, go back and look at it. They were putting up points that was just out of this world because they were balanced. And I want to see them get back to being balanced, even with D-Hop, even with Hollywood Brown. Be balanced. So you can do whatever you need to do in order to beat somebody. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. What did Andre Turney see from his team in the Coyotes' 3-1 win over the Panthers last night? We're going to ask the Coyotes' head coach next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is the Coyote Coaches Show with Wolf and Luke. All right, Coyotes, a nice win last night over the team that had the best record in hockey last year, the Florida Panthers. Arizona, a 3-1 win at Mullet Arena. And joining us now on the Arizona Sports Line is their head coach, Andre Turney. Coach, I don't know if you know this or if it's intentional or what, but uh, the three interviews you've done with us this season, you guys have won the game right before the interview. <laughs> so that really works out nicely for us. 
That, that's good. So make sure, guys, now we have, we have a not weekly, it will be daily interview. <laughs> <laughs> What's, uh, how about just your, uh, your early impressions, these first three games at Mullet Arena? To me, there's been a ton of energy in there, start to finish, regardless of the score. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, the way we are, uh, we're really happy about the week turned out in the in the sense of that energy and that uh, that atmosphere in the building. You never know. You know, we we were excited. We we were wondering how it will be and all of it. And now now we're in it, and we're really happy about how how it goes. Bear, have you ever been involved in a fourteen game road trip? <laughs> Whoops! Uh, no, I think twelve is the. I remember a twelve-game road trip, but the, no, fourteen. That will be a first one. Yeah, this is going to be a first. <laughs> what I've never heard anything like that. What What is this going to do? What What are your concerns? I don't know. <laughs> my concerns are, uh, you know, honestly, my I think I will go one day at a time. I, my concern is for after. I will be really honest here. It's um, if you looked last year, what happened? The Islanders, I think they start something like that, twelve, thirteen games on the road, and uh, when they came back, they were mentally, physically exhausted, and they needed a lot of time to get back at it, to to recover their energy. It's tough to to recharge during the season, so it took them a while, and that was too little, too late for them to miss the playoffs, but. Uh, I lived the same in junior. In junior, I had a, a 12-game road trip to start a season because we were at renovation. Same thing here. And we started not bad on the road. We were all right. And uh, when we came back, we were mentally drained and mentally exhausted. And uh, we had no emotion. So long story, long story short, that's a little bit what, I, what I'm worried about. I think while we're on the road, we're because of – the, what I just mentioned, we're making sure we have a lot of um, downtime and we'll have a lot of day off when we're coming back in Arizona. We're coming back after that 10 days road trip. We'll have a few practice here. We'll make sure the guys have day off and they, um, they can uh, have downtime here and rest mentally, that kind of stuff. That's that we build that. We had a lot of meeting this summer. We met with the leaders of the team, the management. We uh, organized some activity. We'll uh, go watch a NFL game on the road, and we, we will have a chance to be in uh, Washington while there, there's a game. So we'll, we'll go at that game. So do those kind of things so the guys can uh, have some uh, some hobby and some downtime together. Talking to Coyotes head coach Andre Turney. Coach, I'm sure you're well aware your power play is number three in the NHL behind the team that has Connor McDavid and the team that just won the Stanley Cup. So the power play is working pretty well. I asked Lawson Kraus about it last night, and he said it's just kind of move the puck quickly and get somebody with an open shot. Can it really be that simple? Yeah, it is. You know, there's there's a there's a few things you need to have. You need to have the player with the right skill set in the right spot, which we have. Uh, it's not uh, having a good power play. It's not having five good players together. It's having the right skill set at the right place. You know, uh, I can make bad comparison, but it's like having your running back as a quarterback. You know, as good as a running back he is, he cannot be a quarterback. It's the same thing on the power play. You need the right guy at the right spot with the right skill set. 
and uh, we have that this year, and we have unselfishness from our player to move the park quick and make sure we have five men's unit instead of only the same three or four guys are touching the puck. Everybody's touching the puck and everybody working for each other. So, uh, and and as well, you need a little bit of luck. Right now, we have we're we have. We're opportunistic. Uh, we bury our opportunity. Uh, I think down the road that will that will that will will not be always like that. But we need to stay with it, and there will be a peak and valley. But as long as we move the puck like that, and we uh, we're unselfish like that, I think uh, we'll have success. So Clayton Keller with a couple of points and four shots on goal. Is he shooting the puck enough, Bear? Uh, it's not his strong suit. It's not his first uh, first instinct. He is a, he's a pass first guy. He wants to possess the puck, the possession uh, guy. But he, he's shooting more and more. Cal has more success when he gets inside and he gets his shot. Having that said, he he makes he's like a really good playmaker. He makes really good play, but he uh, he knows that he he needs to keep getting inside and going in the in the heat of it of it and uh, he's better at it Talking to Coyotes head coach Andre Turney. Coach, I was going to not ask you about Dylan Gunther this week, but um, he's got, he just keeps putting up points, and we're coming up on those nine games. I don't expect you to tell me what you guys are going to do, but just what you have seen with him through his first eight games where he has six points, what have you liked from his game? Uh, but I did not change my answer from the previous week. I like Gunther. Uh, his brain, uh, he thinks the game really on the right way and really quickly offensively. He needs to transfer all that quickness defensively as well. Uh, but uh, he he sees it defensively right now. Now he needs to be able to react quickly and make the right play. But um, offensively, as is a step ahead of a, of the game. So that's why he's that successful. Bear, do you see Gunther as a guy that is a two-way player? Do you see him as a yes, two-way yes. guy? Yes. And, and I knew it when we dropped him because I had him in the uh, U18 and uh, – he he's a kind of a guy. Sometimes he has a quiet night when he doesn't get a scoring chance. But you look at his game, and his stick was in the right spot. He uh, he steered the play the right way. His angle are good. His positioning is good. You know, his B game. He can help your team to win still, even if he has his B game. When he has his A game, he's a, he's a weapon because he can pass, he can shoot, he has an offensive instinct. But, uh, when he has a, a night where the execution is not at, the, at his best, he still can be a really good player for your team. Tell us a little bit about the Dallas Stars, your next opponent. What do you think about these guys? Well, I think they're a mature team. They're an older team. They have... Dio can move the puck and can skate really well, and they're strong physically as well. On top of that, they have one of the best uh, line in the NHL with uh, the Robertson line and, and Pavelski. I think there's a, there's a huge threat from those guys. So, uh, and they have our old uh, wedgie in the net. So that will be a, that will be a, a great game again. Coach, before we let you go, I thought it was fitting that Christian Fisher got the first NHL goal in that arena. Just yeah. everything he does for this team and just that energy he brings. Yeah, I'm with you. I was really happy when I saw his goal. I think the game was fair. <laughs> it's good. The game's not always fair, so it was good to see it that night. Coach, sure, thank you, man. Thank you for the time. Good luck tomorrow.
Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Bye-bye. That's Coyote's head coach, Andre Turney, right there. The reason I have to keep asking about Dylan Gunther, Wolf, is they got to decide if they're keeping him or not after tomorrow's game. And it's so weird. So that's why I was asking him because I wanted to hear if his answer had changed at all because he's ready to play in this league. Yeah, obviously. he's ready to play. So why wouldn't you play him? Yeah, I mean you you well, burn why? you burn. I I to me the only way you would send him down is if you were worried he wasn't going to play every night here. Like yeah. you don't want him sitting every other night. Yeah. A lot of times these guys nineteen years old they're sitting every other sure. night. But I mean he's not just playing every night. He's scoring or at least producing offense every no night. No doubt about it, man. I wouldn't send him. Would you send him down? I don't want to send him down. I get the logic that you are you're burning a year of his contract when you're probably not going to be a playoff team. But to me, he's the sort of guy that you're keeping his entire career anyway. So it doesn't really matter. For me, if somebody shows you they belong, they should stay. Uh, week nine of Bix Picks is underway. So text pick to six twenty six twenty to sign up, compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize seventy five inch TV, courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners are going to receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a fifty dollar gift card to Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers. So text pick to six twenty six twenty to enter. Is Cam Johnson turning a corner? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You've been listening to the Coyote Coaches Show with Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We're going to do Suns here, Wolf, but I feel like I should at least throw the injury report out since it is it is now up for the Cardinals. Okay, you ready for this? It's always yeah. a really fun Wednesday okay. activity we do here. Uh, here are the guy. Josh Jones was on the list, but he practiced in full. Okay, with okay. a knee issue. That's right. good. I'm going to work Jones. backwards. Here's the five guys that are limited. Uh, James Conner, Dennis Gardeck, Byron Murphy. What is Byron Murphy doing on here? Byron Murphy. Matt Prater and Cam Thomas. All five of those guys limited with various ailments. Okay. I certainly would have liked to have seen a full next to Matt Prater. Yeah, that would have been nice. And uh, James Conner. You might want to throw him in there. So. And Byron Murphy, honestly. Byron Murphy, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, did not practice Buda Baker with an ankle issue. Okay. Max Garcia, Rodney Hudson, DJ Humphreys, Jonathan Ledbetter, Christian Matthew, Daryl Williams. Okay. So... Boy, you know what, Hump, I'm starting to worry about that, man, that back right now. <laughs> you, you know, okay, I get it. Uh, it, it nobody panic. Um, DJ Humphreys, kind of integral to the offense, he really is. Yeah, you do need to have an offensive Even line. Even though Josh Jones has done a much better job. He's done a good job. <laughs> yes, which is why he ended up on the injury report this Are week, you, too. Right? You're playing too well, Josh. You're on the injury report. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it is. It's stunning right now, but I like what I've seen from Josh Jones. None of those names I read had the um, like you know, veterans day off rest. It was none of that. All these guys have so, something. Cliff Kingsbury did just speak and he said that he was proud of Josh Jones and an update on DJ Humphreys. I was proud of Josh. I thought he stepped up. That's a really good front, obviously. Some of the best rushers in football and he battled and, and knew his assignments and, and competed at a high level and that's what we've wanted to see from him. Um, and Hump will be day to day this week. He feels a little bit better, but I'm not sure he'll make it by Sunday. My favorite part of the game is when I saw um, when I saw Josh Jones pancake somebody. Yeah, I couldn't even remember who it was, but he obliterated. You that saw dude. it, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. Did you see his reaction? He did the. 
Yeah. He crabbed. John Jones is a large dude. He went into the crab and he was screaming. Yeah, Josh. Josh. Josh, what? Josh, this is who you are. This is who you can be. This is the way you got to play. This is how you do it. Man, you know, once again, if one block, one block turns into two blocks, and then two turns into four, and then four, help me out, it turns eight, into eight. 16, eight, 32, 64. <laughs> I only know that because it's March Madness. I, okay, just, thank you so much for that. that. But you get my point, man. It starts with one. He played a good game. And um, I was impressed, too. Uh, we're at the point now where when I see Rodney Hudson's name on the injury report and didn't practice, I don't feel anything anymore. I know. I'm just numb. It's just, um, it, it, just to like, me, yep, it's there, day-to-day there it for the rest of the season. Uh, anyway, we're going to end the note or the show rather on a high note by talking some, uh, some Suns basketball. Wolf, did you know, I did not know this until Maloney pointed it out, they are off to their best start since the 2009-2010 season. Um, I did not know that until I heard you guys talking about it. They uh, they started that year eight and one. They are six and one right now. They are a couple a couple free throws away from potentially being seven and zero, oh, and they are not putting an emphasis on the regular season. And I think we can all agree this is not a team that's like, hey, we got to get sixty five regular season wins that's this right. year. Who cares? Finish at the top of the Western Conference if you can. At least finish in a spot where you have home court advantage as deep into the playoffs as you can possibly get. Uh, but it's all about evolving as the season goes on. Like, I want the Suns' best game of the season to be their yeah. last game of the season this year. Right. Um, honestly, I love the approach from Monty Williams. And James Jones has got to be in this as well. He's got to be in this. Okay, this is what we're going to do. This is, man, you're talking about... It's it's beyond strategy. It's got to be philosophy. It's up here saying, okay, we know what's happened to us the last two years, the last two seasons. You know, you win the first two games of the NBA Finals two years ago, and then all of a sudden you follow it up with a 64-win season, and then your culture shatters, shatters in Game 6. It was really the end of Game 6 to me going into Game 7 of that Maverick series where it shattered your culture. And all of a sudden, you disintegrated. What what happened? What, what has got to change? Well, maybe we shouldn't be so dependent on the same guys always doing it. Because maybe they're not going to be there at some point in time. Maybe we've got to cultivate the young talent that we have on this team. Nurture the young talent that we have on this team so that they can contribute in in-game scenarios. Just kind of like what we saw last night. Funny you bring that up. Cam Johnson, after his big night, talked about what we heard Chris Paul talk about on Sunday as a team working to take some of the stress off CP3. I think it's a healthy balance. Um, I think it's a healthy balance of everybody kind of taking on more and then at the same time him continuing to be him. You know, he's, he's a you know, Hall of Fame point guard so you don't want to take him out of the game. But he's doing a tremendous job of still managing the game from every spot that he's in. He communicates. He's everybody in the right spot and, and you know, if, even if he's not active 
actively getting assists and points, which he still is getting a lot of assists and points. Um, he still has a big part of what we do, just, you know, tinkering with everything. I like how when, if you play audio of like DA or Mikel or, or Booker, somebody's always dribbling right next to him, right? Or like yeah. Monty Williams, it's like somebody's like jackhammering the court behind him or something. Yeah. Cam Johnson sounded like he was in a library conducting that interview. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool right there. But, you know, stop and think about the fact they've got six wins, correct? Six and one. Ron Wolfley reporting six and one. And three of those wins, they sat down Chris Paul at crunch time of that game. They sat down DeAndre Ayton and played Jock Landell at that point. And they sat down Devin Booker last night. And yes, he had five fouls. I understand that. But they sat him down. They didn't bring him back till the 24-second mark where the hey pretty much, for the most part, was in the barn at that point in time. They won all three of those games by sitting down one of their three best players. <laughs> Something different is going on here, man. Something different is going on, and um, I believe they're trying to empower their young talent, guys like Cam Johnson, guys like Mikal Bridges, guys like Campaign. They're trying to empower these young guys. Take more responsibility for winning and losing games. It feels good to to feel like they have a specific plan, right? I mean, that's one of the biggest things in sports of like, okay, pick a direction and be definitive in it. Don't go back and forth. Oh, we don't know about, oh, we're just going to try that. We're going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. You won 64 games. It'd be easy to say we're going to try and do the same thing over and over again. Yep. But they are tinkering with it a little bit, and they clearly have a direction they want to take it, and so far, so good. All right, that's it for us today. Thanks to Aaron Maloney, who is back today behind the glass. Jesse Morrison as well. For Wolf, I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gambo next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Peace and strength.